Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Good morning! Welcome to everyone to worship today, and a special welcome to all of our visitors and guests who are here with us this morning, as well as to everyone joining us by video and podcast. A reminder to our church council members that our monthly meeting will be tomorrow, Monday the 21st, at 7 o'clock p.m. The ministry support team will be meeting this Thursday, the 24th, at noon, here at the church. Our celebration of Lent begins with our community Ash Wednesday service, which will be on Wednesday, March 2nd, at 7 o'clock p.m. at Slifers this year. We are all invited to join together as one family of God as we begin our Lenten journey together. Information about our congregation's midweek Lenten services will be published in next week's bulletin once they are finalized this week. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. The Lord has revealed his righteousness to the nations. All the ends of the earth have seen salvation for Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Let the whole world resound with praise for God. Lord, open our hearts to worship you in this house. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, we ask you to keep your family, the church, always faithful to you, that all who lean on the hope of your promises may gain strength from the power of your love. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with the readings. First reading comes from Genesis chapter 45 verses 3 through 11 and 15. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me, and they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which they will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep you alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, the Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty." And he kissed all of his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. The second reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 35 and 42 through 50. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed his own body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, and what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. 
But it's not the spirit that is first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. A second man is from heaven. And was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. And is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh of blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Here ends the readings. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning at the 27th verse. Jesus says, But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If, so, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them 
do to you? If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you receive. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Just because I enjoy doing this so much, by a show of hands, groan, how many of you have some sort of collection? A good number of you, excellent. Now those of you who follow me on social media know that I have a growing number of musical instruments. I also have a few other collections including a good number of hats and t-shirts. But I'm just curious to know from some of you, what are some of your favorite collections? Angels, wonderful. Mascots, yes. Cell phones? Oh, milk, milk jugs, of course, of course, yes, yes. I also happen to know at least one or two of you collect baseball cards as well. What are some of your other favorite collections? Hmm? Goofies, yes. And what else? Fire department coffee mugs, yes. Always a worthy cause. Well, we have a lot of different collections between all of us, but whether or not we may realize it, all of us actually share the same common collection. We all collect memories. Each one of us carry around a lifetime's worth of memories, both good and bad memories, and these memories affect us in different ways. The question is, what do we do with those memories? Even further, what do we do with the bad memories we're continuing to carry around? How are we letting the bad memories, the negativity we're still carrying around affect us? How are we letting our bad memories determine how we act and think, especially how we act towards others and think about others and ourselves? The key as we hear about in, today, um, in both today's first reading from Genesis, as well as today's gospel reading, is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now, forgiveness does not always mean what we think it means. So today, we're going to talk about what forgiveness is, as well as what it is not, 
and why it is not only important, but something God wants for us. First of all, forgiveness is necessary rather than optional. Forgiveness is why we are here as Christians in the first place. We are here because God chose to remove the sin which had separated us from him by sending his son to die as a sacrifice on the cross. He satisfied the consequence which was necessary for sin by dying in our place and rising again to show that everything had been fulfilled. Because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus, all our sins are forgiven. Nothing we do can earn this forgiveness. Jesus has already accomplished everything necessary for us to be forgiven. Therefore, we can believe with absolute confidence that since God has already caused everything to be forgiven, it can be easier for us to let go of any guilt we carry because of things we have done or hurts that have been done to us. Furthermore, not only is forgiveness something that is good for us to be able to heal and move forward, but it is also commanded. We are commanded to forgive ourselves and forgive other people. God commands it because he knows what is always best for us and what is best for others. As Jesus points out in today's gospel reading, he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, as well as the grateful and the good. God, knows, God always knows what is best for us, and so he wants us to be happy and content in life. He wants that for everybody. He doesn't want us to be constantly focusing on how we've been hurt or how we've hurt ourselves, because all we're doing when we do so is hurt ourselves, which is not at all what God wants for us. Jesus came to suffer our pain on the cross and heal it by his death and resurrection. Because he is risen and is victorious over death, that means he is also victorious over our pain, which means that any pain we inflict on ourselves is not of God, but only what we do to ourselves. Even though we may want to keep score and either keep dwelling on hurts that either we have done or have been done to us, or think about ways we can hurt other people back. God has already let everything go. Since he has already let everything about us and others go, we ought to as well. Now all that being said, and secondly, forgiveness does not mean excusing or forgetting. Forgiveness does not mean <clears throat> excusing or forgetting, but is instead an absence of vengeance. It is an absence of revenge. Very often, forgiveness is confused with forgetting. This is a common misconception. The memory still remains, and what has been done cannot be undone or simply swept aside. But forgiveness, in fact, does not mean that the memory of the hurt that has been caused has been forgotten, but instead that the hurt caused by the memory 
no longer affects us or dictates to us. It means that the hurt caused by what has been done to us no longer affects how we behave or what we think or what motivates us to act in a certain way. But instead, it means that we have learned from the hurt and moved forward rather than react in anger or vengeance. Forgiveness also demonstrates a desire to work at restoring the relationship that has been damaged, but also recognizing that this takes time, it can take many steps, and it can be a process that goes on for as long as is necessary. Sometimes it may not happen. The relationship may be permanently damaged and may never be restored. But it means that we can be released from having to be attached to the damaged relationship in any way and instead move on and having it no longer affect who we are. It also means that rather than excusing the behavior of the other person who hurt us, that we instead work to no longer let their behavior affect us. It further means releasing the person who hurt us from the obligation of having to apologize. Instead of us waiting for an apology in order to heal, we simply release ourselves from having to wait and the other person from having to apologize. And instead, we allow ourselves to move forward and be healed. This is also why Jesus commands us in Luke 6.27 to love our enemies and pray for our persecutors, to be able to be released from waiting for our enemies and persecutors to change, but instead moving forward from letting them affect us negatively. Loving our enemies does not mean letting our enemies and persecutors walk all over us. That is a common misconception and one that even comes from a misinterpretation of Jesus' um, of Jesus' admonition to turn the other cheek. <clears throat> it does not mean that what our enemies and persecutors say about us is right. We ought not to let what our enemies think about us affect how we think about ourselves. But instead, we can be confident in who we really are and feel good about who we are. Instead, what it means is not trying to pay back the hurts we have been forced to suffer in the same way by seeking revenge, but instead, according to the admonition of Jesus, being merciful and showing mercy. Now mercy, like forgiveness, is yet another word that gets tossed around a lot with almost little or no explanation of what it actually means. And its meaning in this case is very simple, giving someone something they don't deserve. While we may want to revenge ourselves against someone for what they've done to us, we are to show mercy instead, as Joseph did to his brothers in today's first reading, which Karen read for us just a few moments ago. We are to treat those who hate us with kindness, those who wrong us with caring, and those who hurt us with compassion, again, as Joseph did for his brothers. 
this is also, that is also how God treats us. He has given us exactly what we would not expect and has instead forgiven our sins, the wrongs we have done, and has already forgiven the wrongs others have done to us. While there may be consequences for the wrongs we do to other people, God does not cause, those, cause us to endure those consequences forever. He is gracious, and so he brings an end to what we have to go through in order to learn and understand what we have done to ourselves or other people, or what has been done to us, and be able to forgive. This is also why, in Luke 6.37, Jesus commands us not to judge. The judgments and criticisms we level against other people, especially those based on rumor, gossip, or suspicion, frequently turn out to be false. And when we do so, we are trying to put ourselves in the place of God, who alone is the judge. Far too many promising relationships and far too many healthy relationships have been damaged by mistrust caused by misunderstanding. As Christians, we are to heed the words of Jesus, do to others as you would have them do to you. We ought to be thinking about how we would feel if such things were done to us and consider that how we treat others is ultimately how we end up being treated by others. Therefore, if we desire mercy and compassion to be shown to us, then we ought to show mercy and compassion to others. This means protecting the reputations of all people, making sure that relationships In today's world, it is also good for us to follow God's leading in seeking alternatives to vengeance. Much of what we hear, especially on the news, is basically about vengeance, which is often expressed as, as a desire to right wrongs, but is actually nothing more than a desire for revenge. Even apart from what is going on in society, one of our basic desires is to give people what we think they deserve. If we believe someone has hurt us, we want to punish them for what they've done and give them what we think they deserve for what they've done to us. If all we focus on is how to punish someone for what, they, for what we think they've done to us, then that causes us to act that way towards everyone. We eventually get to the point where we act in mistrust, suspicion, or anger towards everyone because we focus on our hurts so much. We have had enough mistrust, suspicion, and anger. I will say it again, especially in this day and age. We have had enough of mistrust, suspicion, and anger. It is now time to move forward to the next step of growth and maturity God wants for us which leads to the third and final point. Forgiveness is both a sign of and leads to spiritual growth and maturity. Holding on to bad memories, past hurts, or past grudges 
is what causes us to stay stuck in one particular place, especially one particular point in life or in development. The more we relive the same hurt or the same hurts, which were done to us over and over, the more we stay stuck in one particular stage in life and are unable to move forward to the next stage of growth and maturity. However, being able to forgive means that we are able to, move, to grow and move forward past wherever in life the hurt that was done to us was caused. Forgiveness is also a sign that we understand. We understand either the hurt that was done to us or the hurt that we did to another person, and we are able to move forward from having it affect our thoughts and behaviors. When we are able to forgive, that is a sign that God is working in us. When we are able to move past the hurts and wrongs we have suffered and are able to move forward, it is a sign that we are growing and maturing and that God is causing us to grow and mature. Forgiveness is therefore literally letting go and letting God. Letting go of the hurts, bitterness, and resentments which have been holding us back and keeping us from growing, and letting God replace those hurts, bitterness, and resentments with peace, contentment, confidence, and love and concern for others. Also, a more responsible and more effective witness to our Christian faith is being able to forgive and seek relationships. Unfortunately, we have been seduced by a desire to identify with a cause, idea, or faction, which again, comes out of a desire for revenge, to give other people what we think they deserve because we think they have done wrong or they have wronged us somehow. All these have done have been to cause and compound upon already existing divisions and suspicions and create new ones. Our ultimate aim and goal ought not to be suspicion and division, but instead forgiveness, peace, and unity. And peace and unity can best be, can, can best be pursued by starting with forgiveness. Therefore, it is time for us to move beyond focusing on causes or what makes us different from other people, even other Christians, and instead focus on what we all have in common with each other. And what we all have in common with each other it is, a, is a desire for peace. And most of all, that we can heal. We all need to know that we can be forgiven. We all need to know that we can move forward from past hurts. We all need to know that there is something more than being stuck in one place because of something we have done or something that has been done to us. The key is forgiveness. Knowing and believing that we have been forgiven by God and being able to forgive 
because we are forgiven. So let us move forward from the hurts and bad memories we have collected. Let God heal them and let us be able to forgive. Forgive ourselves, forgive others, and forgive the past so we can move forward into God's future for us. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please feel free to place your offering in either one of the plates at the back of the sanctuary. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, so we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. You teach us to love our neighbors and enemies alike. Encourage your church to follow the leading of your love, especially when it is risky or difficult. Help us to show mercy, just as we have first received mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Look upon our world with mercy, that we delight in an abundance of peace. Protect all whose lives are, more, are marred by war and civil unrest. And we especially pray for those involved in the war going on between the Ukraine and Russia and amplify the voices that challenge us to seek peace and forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy, you bind us together into one family. Teach us to forgive one another and to resolve conflicts with humility and patience. Bless families of all shapes and sizes and show love to those who are lonely or grieving. Lord, in your mercy, your people cry out for mercy. Console hearts that long for forgiveness. Mend broken relationships. Heal bodies that suffer pain or illness. Strengthen and deliver all whose spirits are troubled, especially all those whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, we praise you for the saints who have inherited the fullness of your kingdom, especially Daisy Sturgill and all others whom we remember this week. As you have raised them to imperishable and eternal life, sustain us in the faith by the promise of resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.
To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.